0: Alright, hello, welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is episode 116 of the show. My name's Stephen Hill, and his name will always be Renfrey Deadman.
1: Oh, is that a certifiable fact, is it? (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) maybe not. Can I not change my name now? I was (laughs) going to pop down (laughs) to the old d poll and do it later today. I'm cancelling my afternoon plans. uh, have, Have we done this before about what you change your name to? Don't think so. What would I change my name to? Mm. I don't know. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, don't know. Gary Gary Dedman. <laughs> Gary Deadman. Gary Deadman. I don't know. I mean I'm I'm fairly happy with Renfrey Deadman. There are good things yeah, I wouldn't about change it, it. And there are bad things about it. You're you, you become very memorable. You know that thing mm. that we have in the music industry where we, so, okay, I can't believe we're going into this already, but you you know, we meet quite a lot of people, not, sounds like a dickhead saying that already, but we do meet quite a lot of people <laughs> doing the job that we do. And you know that thing where you meet, you've met someone like six months before and it was a very passing conversation. They remember you, but you don't yeah. remember them. Yeah. I feel that I get that more frequently than other people because of my name.
0: Ah, well, Who there knows? you go. Don't. So I was right. He's not going to change his name. No. Bottled <laughs> Bottle it. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the show this week, we're going to be reviewing the latest releases from Clipping, Poolbearer, Bearer, or Tekra and Fever 333. Hey, by the way, thanks to the guys at Signature Brew. Cheers to the guys at Signature Brew. Um, our partners, our buddies, our compadres who support the show. Um, they're very nice people. Um, I think, as we've mentioned before, Remfrey, they uh, they have been brewing music-related beers deep in the heart of East London in their laboratory. Should we call it a laboratory? Should we make it sound like some sort of Bond villain-esque scenario that they have over there at Signature
1: Brew. It sounds very chemical, from uh, but sure, why not? I think that sounds good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing that since 2011, um, uh, have worked with Jamie Lenman, Idol Slave Sports Teams, Mogwai, Frank Turner, Enter Shikari, many, many more people um, to create and concoct delicious beverages for you, dear listener, to enjoy. Um, if you go to their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, and use the code RIOTACT, shall I say it in small capital? I mean, it feels like well, this just joke's... His joke's getting old now. It's getting isn't it? thin, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting really thin. So we put the yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna that but that's it now. We've that'll be the last time you hear that. Good. Um signaturebrew.co.uk, use the code RIACT uh in the checkout, and you get 10% off all of their beers. Oh, hello. Or 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 lemonade. Or merchandise. lemonade, Or yeah. merchandise. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh fantastic stuff. We were getting on a passion kick last week. Thank you to everyone who um, yeah raved about my taste the passion uh tagline which i'm sure signature brew are very happy about
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) copy written that straight after the show
1: (laughs) it's like that time that cardi b tried to trademark the phrase was it hey or something like that
0: what it's like i don't know about this
1: it's a it's a it's a common phrase in the um trans community apparently and she tried to trademark it i don't know I I shouldn't talk about pop.
0: There's a lot of things in that that you shouldn't talk about. Actually, it's quite a few. Quite Quite a few things I could have.
1: I'm just reporting the story. Just reporting the story. I'm not. uh, This was a while ago. But she tried to. She tried to (laughs) trademark a a word, which I didn't really. Well, I suppose it is possible, actually. But yeah. Um, But a common, Mm. a commonly used word. It'd be like us trying to trademark riot. <laughs> right, something like that. I don't know.
0: On Saturday, I had a lovely can of backstage. <laughs> I got a I got a Chinese takeaway, and I had a nice can of backstage IPA, India Pale Ale. Um, that the lovely people at Signature Brew sent me, and I have to say, it was absolutely delicious. And I'm still going through those 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 nice um, pub in a box that they sent us. So uh, thank yeah. you very much.
1: Oh yeah, I had a couple. How are you getting night?
0: on? You've had. Oh, a couple? Did you? I've know? only
1: had I've only had four of the what sixteen cans we've sent. I've had four, and one of them I gave to my housemate, which she loved. Uh, she had the Seign-on, Seignon something or other. It's yellow and blue. Right, it's very nice, apparently. Okay. But I haven't. It tried is yet. nice.
0: Okay, um, I just want to shout out the Backstage IPA because I was like, oh, I could drink three of these in a day. Only three, because <laughs> I'm mental. Um, <laughs> Uh, a myriad of tropical flavours, including passion fruit. There it is again. Tangerines and berries. Throw in an encore of pine and crisp citric notes. And you've got yourself a party, oh, so it says on the website. Party. And I'm inclined to agree. So, um, yes, thank you very much to them. uk. Put Riot Act in the checkout and um, order yourself some beer. I think that's what you should do. I, I agree. Just my opinion just my opinion. Um but yeah, thanks very much to them. They are very nice and they support as we put a little post up about the fact that they actually support um yeah, you know, live music and stuff.
1: They took out a, a full page believe, they, Yeah, they took out a full page ad in a magazine. I can't remember which magazine it was, but they took out a full page ad in a magazine basically just to kind of say don't worry, live music will return. We're all in this together. And I was like, that's really fucking cool. You know, that Yeah,
0: man, it's really nice.
1: You know. So, yeah, Mm. we like Signature. Yeah, it's cool.
0: Thanks, guys. We appreciate that. Um, Also, go over to our Patreon page as well, and uh, you can get some exclusive content if you're enjoying what you're listening to. Quite why you've been enjoying (laughs) this so far, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, (laughs) 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 you can. Patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. We have the... $4.50 tier, which gives you um, access to two classic albums a month. We do classic album podcast. One of my picks, one of Renfrey's picks Mm -hmm. Uh, on Monday, the classic album on Nick Cave Skeleton Tree, which we've been chatting about for a little while, went up. Um, A few people I noticed on our social media pages got in touch to say they'd never listened to the record before. And Holy shit. Yeah. Correct um as i'm i'm as 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 hard as it is to listen to that record i'm glad that people who hadn't heard it before did go out of their way to actually go and listen to it because it just really does deserve to be heard as difficult as that listening process might be
1: yeah i like doing these more recent ones because it feels like we're putting a stamp on something and uh, whilst it doesn't feel like a particularly hot take to say that skeleton tree is a classic album even though it's only four years old Uh, it's nice for someone to come out and say it
0: like Mm. us yeah (laughs) like us particularly us i would say particularly us um also uh you know if four pound fifty seems a bit steep for you and you just want to support it by the podcast by doing any little other amount that you think is worthy of of our time then you can also um sign up for any amount of a dollar or more and you can get a Get a rioters review a week as well. I think yeah. we've just had one that should be going up soon-ish on Cavellatax.
1: Uh, yeah, it should have gone up already. You should have received Cavellatax mm-hmm. yesterday if you're listening to this the day it came out.
0: So, um, the reason why I'm being a little bit like cautious about that is because we haven't actually recorded it yet.
1: No, which is always a, and, um, that's always a good always sign, a
0: bummer. It? But the thing is, we're doing it straight after. This. So, unless one of us sort of dies in the middle of this recording, it's possible we should really. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible oh yeah it really is also another thing i should tell you to go over and take a little look at is something we haven't spoken about for a little while our youtube channel um over our youtube channel this week we put up an exclusive music video from sugar horse sugar horse being one of our favorite new bands of 2020 and i sat down with ash their singer to have a little chat to him um about A brand new Sugar Horse single, which if you listen to this podcast the day it comes out, the single, The Great Shame, is available on all streaming services now as we speak. So you should absolutely go and listen to that song. It's fucking brilliant. It's really long and expansive and excellent. And it sort of is all the things that I thought was so good about Sugar Horse. When uh, we reviewed the Drugs EP earlier this year, I sat down and had a little chat with him. And um, we got an exclusive look at their brand new video for that song and the video is unbelievably bleak it's one of the bleakest things i've seen in a very very long time um it really really suits the 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 song um as well uh a lot of underground stuff like trains trains and underground stuff as well No. So, they should go on tour with I Like Trains because uh, they like trains. But um, yes, as I said, uh, go over to our Riot. Just search Riot Act podcast in YouTube and that will come up. Um, uh, that's been up there now. I hope people have seemed to be really, really liking the song and the interview. We appreciate that. Uh, it's it's bloody good. So, yeah, The Great Shame by Sugar Horse. Go and listen to that. We're not going to do a full review, but it's up on our YouTube channel. Anyway, Miley Cyrus uh, has never is a name we've never said on this show before, Renfrey. We've never said Miley Cyrus, I don't think.
1: Uh, probably not. No, I don't know.
0: Have Have we had any reason to bring up Miley Cyrus?
1: Apart until from your now? I would, adoration of Hannah Montana, I don't think so. No. I think we
0: might have mentioned Wrecking Ball before, maybe. Possibly.
1: Yeah. 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 Probably. I think. Yeah, feel so like Brady. Have. I feel like Brady brought up Wrecking Ball when he was on the show classic that sounds brady. about
0: right yeah. classic brady um but we have a real genuine reason to talk about miley cyrus uh now um she is going to be releasing well we don't even know if it's going to be releasing but she's working on a metallica covers album
1: that's that's she apparently a news story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she
0: uh she was in interview magazine <laughs> presumably being interviewed and (laughs) she was asked what she was up to and she says we've been working on a metallica cover album and i'm here working on that we're so lucky to be able to continue our work and our art during all of this at first it's it felt uninspiring and now i've been totally ignited um we don't really know much more than that but miley cyrus is currently working on a metallica cover album what Which... songs
1: do you want to hear?
0: Oh, Di's Eve.
1: Di's Eve. Um... <laughs> yes, that's what I thought of as well. <laughs>
0: Orion. Um...
1: <laughs> um, I mean, just her I'm, sitting in the corner. I'm really curious about it. I, I'm not. What do you think Miley Cyrus has to gain from um, releasing a Metallica covers album in 2021? No- I'm assuming
0: nothing. Nothing mm. at all. Yeah. absolutely nothing and i think that's what is interesting i mean you know miley cyrus obviously has previous she did a really she's she's covered nothing else matters before um yeah. she did a really genuinely great version of say hello to heaven by uh, Temple. yeah it was, it was if you can imagine it it was even better than the version renfrey's just done um <laughs> uh, during during the chris cornell tribute concert um she's also done head like a hole by nine inch nails on black mirror
1: oh yeah um, fuck I forgot all about that yeah, yeah yeah.
0: so she's not you know she's got some previous um of you know being part of Yeah, you know, she obviously likes and enjoys rock music yeah and that's cool like do you know what I mean I think you know if <laughs> if you flip this the other way the amount of well we just brought up Brady and Brady constantly bringing up Cardi B and Miley yeah. Cyrus and all the other things like he's in Conjurer he you loves know, that doesn't one. necessarily mean that and he loves all that stuff mm. yeah um so i don't think you can just go wow you make this type of music and wow stay away from it anything that is going to bring people into going oh yeah heavy metal that's that's cool that's fine that's an acceptable genre of music which i you know it, is not the case at the moment that's really not how the the world at large feels about metal music at all
1: well considering i mean metalheads are uh- if they're not complaining about how people infiltrate the scene all the time they're complaining about how metal isn't as big as it should be um and uh you know by th- this undoubtedly puts metal in the spotlight uh whether one likes it or not i mean i saw this um got covered by the daily mail you know mm. the big mail online are the biggest news website in the world and uh i th- i
0: thought you could say the mail online was the the bigot used which is also uh, accurate also as well true. isn't it <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> D- don't need to consult lawyers for that um no. and um yeah um so really it's only a good thing i'm very very curious to hear it um i have no idea if it'll be any good or not um <laughs> who knows uh i i suspect she'll she'll just do the like obvious choice, like she's not going to do Diaries Eve, is she? As much as I'd love
0: to, no, 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 she's not. It's going to be a bit. I mean, it's going to be like. Do you remember when Avril Lavigne covered Fuel by Metallica at the uh, oh, yeah. MTV Icon thing? So it was like yeah. they did. I remember that MTV Icon thing, and at the time, I remember being like, "Why have you got fucking Sum 41 and Limp Bizkit and Snoop Dogg and?" avril lavigne covering metallica when you could have machine head and blah, 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 and, yeah. all the, and obviously like well because this is mtv and they don't play those bands that's why it wasn't lamb of gods covering metallica but it was you know i mean you just can't really imagine that happening with any metal band now like the, M- the mtv or whatever i know mtv is not a music station anymore you know i know that but you can't imagine any kind of music station now going let's put a live show on where we get a bunch of the biggest artists in the world to cover a heavy metal band just wouldn't happen. Um, Well,
1: it would be, it would be even more inconceivable if the headline was Miley Cyrus is, is making a Iron Maiden covers album, you know, that would be even mm. more like, what? Like,
0: or a Slipknot covers album or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're going to do a, you know, a a cover, if you're a pop star and you're going to cover a metal band, you probably are going to cover Metallica because they are the biggest ones, aren't they? That Mm. would make the most sense. Um, uh, And they've got the most stuff that you could probably turn into a pop song. Um, There is a large chunk of Metallica material just sitting there that is obvious that you would go, well, clearly, enter Sandman... Sabbath true, nothing else matters. Yeah. That's blatant. I can imagine her doing fade to black. Yeah. Um I think that would be cool. I can kind of imagine her doing one, even though that might be a little bit more uh, but you know. Until it sleeps, um the memory remains. Memory remains here of the day. Uh
1: what was the one on that back That
0: stuff. Um Mott and Flame? No. Um Oh, sorry, it's not. Day that's that never so comes. hardwired, isn't it? Day, day That Never, that never comes. comes. Yeah, I'd be surprised if any, I, I'd be surprised if St. Anger or Death Magnetic get touched, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Oh, same, I'm I just think, saying. and
1: I uh,
0: Hardwired, I don't think probably will either, but, you know, maybe and a Flame might.
1: I'm just saying there's scope to do those songs and for them to yeah. work, you know. Um, who knows? Quite keen to review it, though, if we get sent
0: it. Oh, me too. Yeah, I would like to review it. I mean, I've really got no beef with miley cyrus at all um she's a perfectly good pop star
1: you know i'm completely uh, indifferent i do like wrecking ball
0: mm. i mean she's got a good uh, voice and you know she, voice, yeah. she's obviously it's a passion it's clearly a passion project i mean like you say there is literally no reason that she needs to do that she's not doing no. this for cla- i mean you know metal fans are not suddenly going to go oh i might go and check out the miley cyrus back catalog that isn't going to happen no. no so what's the point of it other than she wants to do it because she likes this type of thing yeah Who fucking knows? fair play to her yeah um yeah i, I hope we get to review it so there you go fingers crossed at some point we'll be reviewing the miley cyrus metallica covers album which i didn't really think i'd be saying there's no. a lot of weird things i've said this year probably that's up there with the weirdest
1: <laughs> yeah i think it probably yeah. is it's bizarre isn't it
0: yeah it's really weird anyway let's move on and do some reviews um we didn't get sent the bruce springsteen album not cussing anyone out just saying bruce springsteen would have been the lead review this week unfortunately we haven't got a hold of his album so we'll probably do that next week i imagine um but i'm be. actually it's
1: a busy week next week <laughs> it's a busy <laughs> week yeah we it's might a busy week. we'll
0: see a, you might have blown it boss um <laughs> but i'm actually quite i'm actually quite glad because it means our lead review comes from clipping um, the album is called visions of bodies being burned it's the fourth studio album or full-length album i should say from the la-based experimental horrorcore collective the follow-up to my album from last year 2019's there existed an addiction to blood whoa, whoa, um, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. it wasn't your album steve it was your album of the year that's what i said you said it was your album. You didn't say it was oh, your did album. Yeah. <laughs> it's my album. Did I just say it was my album? Yeah. <laughs> you can't take credit for that. <laughs> Fucking it hell. Unbelievable. Yes, it was the follow-up to your no, album of the year there existed an addiction to blood. Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
0: sorry about that everyone i don't know that i, di- I didn't even clock myself doing that um well,
1: f- firstly to ask in that case as you are the bigger clipping fan of the both of the two of us although i've got an immense amount of respect for them i think they're fucking great actually um did you expect a follow-up to their existence addiction to blood so quickly
0: well this is the thing isn't it it has actually been one year and five days right. since the release of there existed an addiction to blood and visions of bodies being burnt. In between that the one year and five days exactly, which is mental. I don't know if that's due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and what that did to their year. I mean, I had tickets to see them in London in April, which obviously yeah. got cancelled, which I was fucking gutted about. Probably the most I've been looking forward to seeing a band for a long 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 time um so i have no idea i mean i didn't expect to follow up that quickly although i have to say to their credit and i'm sure the old ceo of spotify will be delighted by this (laughs) but um uh hip-hop artists and rap artists do tend to have a you know a pretty quick turnover a lot of the more modern artists have pretty quick turnovers and they, you know, there's not really been much of a gap in terms of the, the amount of material that clipping have continued to release over that time. We didn't review the EP that came out quite soon after the record dropped last year. I think it actually came out maybe two months after the release of the record, Um, and then we had that two track, the single EP single that was released uh, a few months ago, just after we went into lockdown. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there was a plan on having a new album. Although they do seem to have a pretty incredible uh, thirst for releasing new material. Um, but what I do know is that we have we do have another full length album of, of of material. And I mean, I think to 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 bring out an album as good as there existed in Addictions of Blood, and follow it up one year and five days later so quickly after this fucking masterpiece of a record is pretty spectacular behavior
1: mm. for I any really, artist. I really wasn't sure, um, what to expect either. When I saw the cover art, I thought we might be getting a kind of a compliment album to, uh, there existed an addiction to blood just because the cover art of both records is strikingly similar. Um, it's probably easier just to go and look at it for yourself but you can you can see that there's a very striking similarity between the two um just like for example load and reload or use your illusion one and use your illusion two um so i was wondering if it would be a kind of uh companion album with like b-sides and off cuts and stuff like that and i was very pleasantly surprised to hear that it isn't really that at all it is its own beast very much so um it's even more scabrious and acerbic and difficult a listen i think than there existed an addiction to blood which was hardly a walk in the park in the first place really no um but in that sense i feel like this album has its own kind of identity away from their existence addiction to blood which i absolutely was not expecting at all and in its sort of darkness and the, the way that it's really difficult to listen to the album that it remind me the most that we of, that we've reviewed on this show bar the last slipping record is probably daughters. You don't, you won't get what you want, which mm. it really feels like, I mean, the amount of times that we evoke that record, I could not have predicted even with the amazing um, notices that it got and the critical appraisal that it got. We were very kind to it uh, on this show I mean, that album has become a kind of modern shape of punk to come in its influence. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I mean, I I liked
0: it and was very, very, very keen on it initially. And it got in, I think it got in my top 10 of my albums of the year. It definitely got in my top 20 in 2018. But. It does. It is one of those records where it's like, "Fucking hell, this gets better with every listen." Yeah, and it's. Yeah. And now I'm like, "Fucking hell, this is a total fucking masterpiece." Mm. In fact, I'm a little bit like, I've got to the point of it now. Like, I bought it on vinyl about five or six months ago, and I was like, "This really should have been in my top twenty albums of the decade." Really, mm. Mm. it's that mm. good. That's mm. an, It's an. That's an incredible record.
1: Mm. Incredible slow burn of an album, but yeah, mm. I think that is the sort of vision that we're talking about with this record very bleak very disturbing very dark very atonal lots of um really quite nasty stuff on this album um the album kind it builds to a sense of dread in the middle of the record which is almost too much to take when it does come in actually on first listen i i actually will admit that on first listen i found it a bit too off-putting Because this tension really starts to build up around the song, something underneath, and doesn't really let Mm -hmm. up for the next five tracks or so. It's 15 minutes of like sheer noise terror, really, until the end of uh, Pain Every Day, which has this beautiful string coda that's a kind of musical sun glaring from behind these very, very dark clouds and i think the uh, the journey that this record takes you on is really something quite astonishing it does it does take a little while it took me a little while to really zone in on it and i now kind of find when when i found the record initially too oppressive to listen to it's now a kind of um not a nice oppression but I can I, I find it listenable now whereas the first time I mm. listened to it I was like oh I don't really know if I can compute this not a bad thing necessarily there's loads of records that have been like that which are absolute <clears> modern <throat> masterpieces I mean underneath springs to mind uh the first time I heard Code Orange is underneath I was like what the fuck I cannot compute this at all um but I think those albums are albums where you have to go to them rather than them holding out a hand and bringing them to you. Do you think that's fair or accurate about this record?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I'm glad you've talked about it a lot already and and brought up a lot of those things because, I mean, let's get the obvious thing out of the way first. I'm sure it will surprise nobody to learn that I think this record is one of the the best of the year. Like, it is fucking astonishingly brilliant again again you know I, I really only discovered this band a year ago and i've been pretty much obsessed with them since and all the things you say about this kind of what i loved about their existed to, an addiction to blood is that it was it was kind of like a it was kind of like a slasher movie it was kind of like i mean we compared it to get out I think, yes. as well, a lot. And I think there were a lot of, you know, allegorical things that were sort of lurking, that were talking about society that existed underneath it. Um, but sometimes the MC, Davy Diggs, who, again, I mean, we we wax lyrical about how amazing a performance Davy Diggs puts in on their existed Addiction to Blood. What we have on this is, like, Even that album was him as an... Yeah, that well, there was an album. The last album was him as an angry man. This is him turning into a werewolf. Yeah. it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh it, 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 there is some, you know, there was some stuff that was that was nasty on the last record that was delivered by him um in a way that almost made Clippin feel like brrr, I mean, listen, Talk. people will probably remember the review that we did last year and how I was going, oh, he's so kind of aggressive sounding and da, da, da. like he sounds, there are parts in this where he sounds seethingly deranged. It's not just the words. Last time he felt like a dude delivering kind of, unconsciously delivering like very it was very matter of fact I think I spoke about the kind of methodical almost surgical way that he was digging into the lyrics on the last record and he was talking about things and it was in this kind of almost detached way whereas on this record you get the full you get the full intent of what he's saying not only are the 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 raps just as fast just as um kind of a breakneck um and as unsettlingly like the, the the words he uses the manner in which he expresses those things the way in which the language that is put is portrayed and the way that he paints those pictures so vividly is incredible but he does it now with a snarl and yeah um and and an intent that I don't think was as intense as it was on the last record.
1: It's a truly I mean it's more intense
0: it's more intense than, than it was on the last record I should yeah, say. Yeah,
1: it's a truly amazing performance. The speed and freneticism of Diggs rapping on some of these songs is just astonishing. Um I mentioned something underneath already, but She Bad has that a lot pain every day body for the mm. pile. Um it, it's so his flow is just unbelievable. His rhythmic Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it's jaw-dropping every single time every single time i find it jaw-dropping you know um let alone what he's actually saying which is even more like astonishing and even more uh eye-opening but the manner mm. in which he delivers it is second to none probably
0: yeah it, it, he's a, a phenomenon this guy he, he's a freak he's a what he's a like he feels like a genuine a true kind of one-off to me I'm not sure that I've heard people do what he's doing ever in, in in any type of music like I say in any type of music obviously there are I mean I don't even know where the comparisons end and start and end I mean for me I guess When you go back to the the sort of harshest parts of like maybe Eminem's back catalogue, there's a comparison to be had there slightly. Um, But this is different, isn't it? It's really different. It's not the same thing. And if you dip your toe into guitar music, I mean, we're we're talking about Fever 33 later on. And Jason Butler at his best in Let Live, I think, was somebody who really made me go, oh, my God, Daryl Palumbo was someone who, Mm. on that first Glastor album, I was like, holy shit. Like how, how? you know when you hear someone, you go, Mike Patton, how is he doing that?
1: Mm.
0: How is he actually doing that? And that's how I feel about Davi Diggs. I'm like, I I don't know how you're doing that. I don't know where this stuff comes from. I don't know how you put it together. Mm. I don't know what part of your brain or your recesses you have to tap into to actually find this stuff and then to to actually articulate it in the manner that he does i don't know i don't know how you do that
1: i think the articulation is the most impressive part and um i totally agree with you um putting all of those like making all those what might sound like insane comparisons but in his kind of recognizability and the the yeah that 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 whole kind of how the fuck is he doing that kind of thing it, it, it's it's unbeatable it's unbeatable what i am curious mm. to know though um <clears throat> it's it's i would take away anyone's journalism card who turned around and said to me david diggs uh, doesn't put in a good performance on this record um yeah. When it comes to the producers, William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes, something they do an amazing job, by the way. I wasn't going to do a counterpoint where I said, but, but they're terrible because mm. that is not the case in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> but something that you said about um, there existed an addiction to blood was even if it hadn't featured Diggs, you would have found it a great instrumental album. And I'm just curious, and I, it doesn't make it a good or a bad thing either way necessarily, but I'm just curious to know if you feel the same way about visions of bodies being burned.
0: I mean, I'm glad you've asked me that because we spoke about David Diggs a lot uh, last year and not as much behind the two guys who create stuff. And this time around, even more so, I am happy to give them their dues because stuff like, so the opening song, Say the Name, they really bring far more to those incredible vocal lines by building it, morphing it, changing it, um, turning in it, adding little bits and bobs. I I thought what was good about, I mean, you know, again, to mention another band we we'll be talking about later on, we're going to be talking about Ortecra later on. And I think, were you to take, davy digs away from there existence an addiction to blood you'd have an ortekra style um electronic ambient dip, quite difficult thing to listen to this is again a very very difficult listen but I think the moments where they create I I mean I I, I this was one of the main things is like i that I was going to say to you and I want to know where these songs... I am so fascinated to know where these songs start from because I don't know how David Diggs writes these raps and then does he give them to those guys and go, okay, and then... Or perversely, do they give... Go, hey, we've come up with this. Put something over the top of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and, and neither of them appear on paper to have any kind of conjoining features or elements that you think like the actual <laughs> trying to like pull this apart like an onion and go like what what came first and how did these things get together it's one of the rare times where i look at a piece of music and i go i don't really know how you even where the starting point for this was you
1: because it's so giants.
0: it's so dense and it's so there's so many layers and there's stuff like i mean there's a song in it called 96 Nev Campbell which is a good example of the fact that a a bang 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 on the door becomes the hook becomes the sort of the centrepiece of the record and it, you just think that shouldn't work and it's mm. it's something we, we spoke about this quite a lot when we were talking about the work of John Conkleton on the album the Paper Chase album mm-hmm. um, Hide the Kitchen Knives where he uses knives as the kind of sc- knives scraping against each other as this kind of percussive instrument right and i mean he wrote that and he created the music for it so i can kind of go okay well that's very unique and very unusual but i guess if you had that idea in your head you'd find some way to kind of meld those things together yeah when it's one person going hey here's this and it's someone else going well i put lyrics over the top of it i don't know how you find some commonality between those two things and the fact that they do that is unbelievable yeah, it's unbelievable agree. to me.
1: I think I think the way that they build these pieces up is absolutely extraordinary. You mentioned say the name there, which turns into, I mean, it sort of starts with this ominous beat, which slowly transforms into a multi-layered industrial nine-inch nails sort of masterpiece. Really, towards the end. Yeah. Um, I think. I'm not sure that I could honestly put my hand on heart and say that all of this would work as an instrumental record. I think it gets too abrasive and too noisy in the middle for that to be Mm. a pleasant listening experience. I don't think that takes anything away from it um, because that isn't the purpose of this record. Um, But I just thought it was an interesting point to bring up just, just as a counterpoint to how different these records are, really. And that's the thing that I'm really so astonished by, the fact that... The quality of this album is so high and yet it has come so soon after, you know, a, a, a work that was celebrated as pretty much their best work, more or less, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Um, and it's yet it's so different and yet it's so. caustic, and so, um, so, so of, so, I mean, I was about to say so of its time, but it's so ahead of its time as well in so many ways there isn't anyone else that i feel like is really doing this kind of thing to this level as far as i'm aware i mean i suppose my knowledge in this area is quite limited but we, Man, we, I've,
0: I've been i've been looking i've been looking really really hard well well i was to gonna find say, somebody who, been, who lives up to this
1: you've yeah. been looking and also i'll say since we covered that clipping record Uh, you guys have been wonderful and sending us shit loads of stuff where it'd be like oh you liked clipping you should check this out it's kind of reminiscent of it and a lot of that stuff has been really good a lot of that stuff's been really good but nothing has quite got to the clipping standards you know Mm. i kind of feel like the same way i did when we did the glass jaw classic albums I was saying that when I heard um, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Silence, I was just trying to find another band that sounded like Glassjaw and no one scratched that itch until Let Live came along 10 years later, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that feels like this to me. If this is what you want, I don't think you're going to get a better example of it.
0: Mm. I agree. I mean I I would say I would I would shout out the 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 last and it's a fucking shame cuz the dude just passed away like very soon after its released, but the last single that injury reserve released is I think can go kind of can get near that standard but to get I mean this is this is 15 tracks long um the last record felt like kind of serial killer walks around in a city and sees the sort of degradation of society this record to me feels like you are alone in the middle of nowhere and under attack from forces outside the little bubble that you live in and that is weirdly it's a different kind of scary but it's actually this is a scarier record yes you know like clipping i'm meant, meant to scare you check the lock yeah is filthy fucking yeah terrifying um and like the uh, you know there's stuff like drove the interlude um which it's just so full of like spite and and there's there's a lot of of actual hate on this record like i didn't feel like as you know as brutal as existed there existed addiction to blood was like i said it had that clinical clean detached serial killer thing about it that i thought was like oh my god this is really unsettling because the guy doesn't appear to be allowing himself to get emotionally attached to any of these r- horrible things that he's saying and i think the music sort of re- reflected that a bit because there was a lot of abrasive noisy bits in their existing addiction to blood certainly not as much as there is on this record i don't think but That's why I think you could take the music out, and you could go. I can listen to this, and it wouldn't just be like, "Oh my god, it's giving me a fucking migraine." I actually think the the two guys who who do who who kind of back Digs have have upped their game, but they've upped it to such a point where you think where it's almost unlistenable. I'm not sure how much further they could push this shit. Do you know what I mean? It's it's really really brutal um
1: there are certainly parts where i feel like it gets very 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 avant-garde um i would maybe argue ever so slightly too avant-garde it's interesting that you mentioned uh drove interlude for example because that's the point in the record where for me it's starting to i mean despite the title it's actually the longest song on the album at five minutes and Mm 41 seconds uh, there's no piano burning on here, uh, which I suppose is incredibly avant-garde, isn't it really? But it the sort of backing for that song sounds to all intents and purposes like a ferret's been let loose in someone's kitchen. Um, it's like it's pots and pans <laughs> yeah. being bashed and dropped all over the place with Diggs rapping over the top. And I mean, the admiration I have for Diggs, you know, if, if he was given that and then told to rap over the top of it, I mean, uh, that's amazing. Uh, and it's very novel I'll give it that um although every time I've listened to this album there have been tracks that on first listen I wasn't sure about and I thought they were too abrasive and maybe didn't serve a purpose that on repeated listens I have discovered more meaning in but drove interlude hasn't I haven't quite made that um I haven't quite got that connection there. So I do Mm. wonder if there are a few tracks that maybe aren't necessary on it. Like you said, how many tracks is it? 15, 16? 15. 15 tracks. Uh, It's 52 minutes and 34 seconds long. And I have to say, for a record... Sorry,
0: 16. It is 16, not 15. 16. For a
1: record that long, it's amazing. It does really keep my attention for an awfully long time. I mean, I think... I think Drove is probably the only one that I would have been like, I probably don't really need that if I'm totally honest. Um, But that we're talking about just under six minutes of a, yeah, 52 minute record. That's pretty astonishing. Mm. Um, Are there, I mean, by the sounds of it, there aren't, but are there any points where this album loses you
0: or? Um, No, not strictly. I mean, uh, what I w- here's what I'll say. Like, I, so we got this record um, relatively early. I would say we got it a couple of weeks before. Normally, you get like a week, week and ten days or so. You know, for for the record, but we got it. Um, yeah, three weeks ago, I think. And so, I was straight away. Like, I normally will. You know, there's it's, there's not many times that I would like prioritize an album that's coming out three weeks from before we review it in general really but especially i was this, straight away this like
1: t- this time of year especially
0: yeah especially this time of year when you're just trying to fucking pl- plow through Keep as many as you yeah, yeah. possibly can um so i was like oh god you know and i think it was one particularly busy week but i was like well no 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 I-, I just need to hear this now and my first listen to it i do remember being like there's some i think i said to you i was like the highlights might be higher than there is existed- this yeah an addiction to blood but i don't think they come as often and that was my initial reaction to it um i have to say with more and more and more listens it's become it's evened itself out a hell of a lot and now I'm, i'm at a place again where i'm not sure i would change anything about it and if i do have a criticism and i actually do have a criticism and this is it I wouldn't change anything about the version that we, this MP3 version that we have, this download, this digital download we have. I wouldn't change anything about that. And that's why I'm so disappointed to learn that they, again, I bought they Existed in Addiction to Blood on vinyl and all of the um, interludes were taken out, yeah. right? Which makes, you know, I know you said before, well, what purpose do these interludes serve and blah, blah, blah. I think actually on, on Their Existed in Addiction to Blood, there were a couple of interludes that I was like, you probably don't. You, you you actually don't need them. You could probably do without them. And it doesn't change the record too much. Although it changes it more than I would like. I'll, I'll tell you that. In this case, I know, again, they've taken the interludes out of the vinyl again. And in right. this case, I think the interludes are absolutely essential to the record. I don't want no intro. I don't want no Witchboard Um do you know I I don't want eating mm. alive I I need that in I need that on the record and I'm really you're paying more for less so yeah. I don't really know what's going on there like I'm quite disappointed that they've chosen to do that again I don't know what the reason for it is I don't know if it's just down to length but then if it's down to length do a fucking you know two LPs or, I mean, I think that it was a, their existing addiction to blood was a double LP. If you have to do a triple, you have to fucking do a triple or write a shorter album. I don't know. I'm not going to tell them to write a shorter album, but I am disappointed that they've decided like drove again is meant to be an interlude. It's five minutes long, five, six minutes long. I mean, if that gets taken out of the album, I know you've just said, Oh, I'm not too sure about it. I don't want that being taken out of the album. I think that's one of the oddest, most unique, creepiest sounding things on the entire record. I don't want that being taken off of the vinyl
1: certainly odd unique and creepy i'll give it that definitely um i mean i i I, Mm. i'm not going in too hard on it because i kind of admire the fact that it's on there but uh, having said that i'm not sure if i need it personally um but i do agree regarding the other interludes um it is a shame that they're knocked off i imagine it's probably manufacturing reasons and just wanting to keep costs down um which i would hope would be passed on to the people buying the record as well would be my guess as to why that happens because you do get very limited space mm. in the vinyl. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, I think it's the same <coughs> with that. I mean, that last that last Swans album had a song left off of it on the vinyl. Uh, but it's like, well, you're paying sort of thirty five, thirty quid for the album. Yeah, and you give people less. Like, yeah, come on. Well, it's um, a weird,
1: weird thing of the vinyl boom. I mean that that is unfortunately because of the limitations of the format that is going to be a thing you know um cds were designed to be 74 minutes so that they could fit the whole of beethoven's fifth symphony on you know Mm -hmm. on one play without having to get up and turn the thing over you know but um yeah that's not the case the vinyl unfortunately um yeah uh, I really wanted to mention Enlacing just because um, even though it's the penultimate track it might be my favourite song on the album because it has that oh, really? fucking great hook uh, get your ass down to the floor so fucking good you'll never know you'll never know you'll never know I love it I love
0: there's, it there's, there's loads again for an album which we're talking about being so abrasive and so disorientating and so angry and so sort of evil sounding there are fucking hooks all over this record they're everywhere they're literally and again Davy diggs somehow <clears throat> produce like a fucking magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat will pull um something that will make you go ah you know when i talk we we talked um the other week uh about well we when we talked about nick cave and i was like you need something to latch onto with a, with this very, very difficult type of music. this quite ambient type of music. I mentioned bands like sixth and the Dillinger escape plan. Um, and said, you know, there are little pockets there that you can sort of (laughs) hold on to Davy Diggs is again, it's rare. We said it about skeleton. It was rare when I said about skeleton tree, that Nick cave is the sort of the, the thing that you need to kind of clasp onto clasp, grasp onto either, either of those words, um, you need to grasp onto and, david digs i mean you said earlier i think quite rightly this album doesn't put its hand out it's one of those albums that doesn't put its hand out to you and brings you in it doesn't guide you i think i think the hand isn't out the whole time like it is with most records but i think occasionally he does give you a little like yeah. nudge in the right direction yeah, yeah, yeah and how you know how fucking welcome are those bits yeah like <laughs> yeah. so welcome and well, yeah and said, then lacing is as i said it's like the it's, sun
1: poking through the clouds isn't it you know uh, and, yeah, and they are yeah, yeah. needed and they are expertly um they are expertly sequenced you know which is kind of w- yeah. all the more puzzling as to why the interludes are taken out of the vinyl version but then like I say probably just a simple manufacturing thing I would have thought but yeah mm.
0: Mm. um yes I mean again like I, in in sort of summation I suppose uh, this is another a brilliant clipping album. Um I would say at the moment I mean I we've sort of talked we talked a lot about about a lot of good music this year. In terms of a a heavy band, an aggressive band, a forward thinking band, there's we've talked about Code Orange a lot. I mean, you know, I hate to bring them up all the time. I tend to bring them up quite a lot when they're in, you know, direct comparison to people. For me, Clipping are the only band that go nose to nose with Code Orange and go, "We can do what you do as well." Do you know what I mean? They are the two standard, they're very different types of bands. It's very different types of music, but I don't see anyone else, particularly in sort of guitar music, going up to Code Orange and being like, well, we can do this as well. They just don't. But I almost feel like
1: and, the, the reason why you're saying that is because they are at odds with each other. They are so different from one another. And the only the only thing that I take... um Uh, umbrage to with that is is that we can do this as well i think code orange and clipping are doing very very different things and very much forging their own paths which is exactly the kind of music that we get excited about in the first place
0: Well, uh, well actually i i think the comparisons between the two of them are they're not obvious but i think they're more i think they're they're more similar than maybe you give than you give them credit for i would argue actually i think you've got you've got two bands there who are really interested in doing something unique they're really interested in doing something as cutting edge as possible um but at the same time they haven't forgotten to write hooks and and songs and there are parts in both of those albums that from, like I say, from nowhere, from out of the sludge will come something that will make you go, Oh yeah, I get that. Like you don't get anything weirder than, like you say, than the, the, um, than the, the music that you get on drove, Mm. but then you don't get a nastier, more kind of odd sounding breakdown than, you know, the shit that you get on, like last ones left on the code orange album, yeah. but yet somehow they mm-hmm. managed to make them feel like, I don't know. It's weird. Cause when you talk about obtuse and avant-garde and angular and odd bands, like we've spoken about a lot of them, this is not Imperial triumphant. Imperial triumphant do not have anything that th- th- those doors are firmly locked. I think on the imperial triumphant album i've gone back to that and i have really tried and as impressive as the entire thing is yeah i I it's a difficult record to love yeah this is this is a hard record underneath is a hard record but they're not hard records to love and i think that's where the similarities um between those two artists are really um i see what you're saying
1: i think um I mean, I do feel I do find it a weird comparison in a way, but although I do understand what you're saying, I think um, underneath is more palatable than this, if I'm honest, which is I
0: I, I do too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, While still retaining uh, an avant-garde, an odd uh, experimental edge, which is debatably even harder to do. But, um, I still think this is an absolute triumph, and to to follow <clears throat> to follow an album like there existed an addiction to blood, you know, I mean, let's remember I mean, if you go back to that review, I was still quite firmly in my I don't really understand hip hop thing, you know mm. um, I was gonna say phase then, but it's been the majority of my life. I don't think that's a phase <laughs> um, and um. <laughs> and you know i mean i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and go well a year later i totally fully get it now but it is bands well it probably was that record that properly opened the door for me um to being able to really get an understanding and a sense and an appreciation for this kind of thing um And I think that that's an extraordinary thing. You know, in that sense, I can compare it to Refused. Refused were the band that got me into hardcore. Um, Metallica were the band that got me into metal, you know. And if you're putting it up against Glassjaw, were the band who got me into sort of post-hardcore, I guess. You know, if you're putting it up with bands like that as some of the most important bands that you'll ever come across, Clipping are probably one of the most important bands that will ever exist in my lifetime
0: so here's a question for you remfree and it is a (laughs) it is an annoyingly loaded question um which of these two albums that we've done in the last year do you think is the superior record
1: i do i would give it to their existed an addiction to blood um Mm -hmm. i do i mean i'm kind of aware that that was my introduction so maybe there is an element of me that is um bias uh and I'm also aware that there existed an addiction to blood I mean again if you go back to the review that we did um I wasn't anywhere near as positive about that record as I would be about it now because at the time I'd had it not very long um and this album, I feel like I, I'm not done with this record at all. Uh, there's things that are going to open up for this record for years to come, I would have thought. So it's a very difficult question. But at the same time, my, my leaning is towards their existing addiction to blood. How about you?
0: Ooh. Um... I mean, I, I, I'm the same. Like, I absolutely love the last record. I think it's fucking brilliant beginning to end. Yes, even piano burning. I'll take it. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, that was the one thing I was going to say. Well, there's not the piano burning at the end of this record that you were a bit like, oh man, 70 minutes of a piano burning. <laughs> and I actually think weirdly this album could probably do with that more than the last one could have done. Because the last one, by the end of it, I was like, "Whoa!" 70 minutes of just like decompression was actually quite nice. Whereas here we get about four minutes of slightly more abrasive decompression. I Um, think,
1: so you're talking about the track Secret Peace, which is three minutes and 41 seconds. I think Secret Peace serves the same purpose, but in, you know, literally a fraction of the time. I don't think, I don't think, that's my thing with piano burning, like... The idea of burning a piano and recording it and having it as a, whew, at the end of an album, I don't actually have an issue with that at all. I actually think there's some quite, quite a bit of merit in that. It's just 18 minutes. It's like, is that strictly necessary that it's 18 minutes coming from the post rock guy? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> even, even, even I have my limits. Um, and yeah, I, I, in, in a way, secret piece the last song on this record kind of uh, makes my point even better i think to be honest mm.
0: yeah 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 i mean i think actually they might have <laughs> but i i think like if you just swap those two last songs around i think the that they both would have made more sense to be honest because i don't think like you say, i don't think you need 18 minutes at the end of those ex- they existed in addiction to blood i think you might need 18 minutes at the end of visions of bodies being burnt this is a Tough old listen at some points. Um, I found there existing an addiction to blood quite an instantaneous thrill. Um, I didn't find this an instantaneous thrill this time around. I thought there were moments on it which just jumped out at me that I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Like mm. straight away, I was like, this is absolutely brilliant. And I was massively impressed that, um, the, you know, that William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes have added. I feel like they as musicians are, are growing within their roles in the band as well um I, I don't know how much further they could take this um i'd be interested to see though i mean we might be sitting here a year's time yeah. doing all this again yeah because like uh, it doesn't seem like the the clipping train is slowing down um is it better than the last one? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the fact that I'm saying that, at the moment, probably I probably, you know, do enjoy listening to their existed and addiction to blood more. But I think this is amazing. And I think come the like I say, I think come the end of the year It's gonna be it's gonna be in the mix for the the big one. There's probably five, four, four it's probably, yeah, this being, this being the fourth, fourth album that I would go, there's only really four albums that could realistically top my end of year chart thing, our top 20 albums of the year. And I think this is good enough to be one of them, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if it will, but it's really, really amazing. I'm just, <laughs> I think, you know, it's easy to be impressed by this band, and there's a lot of music where you can go. I'm really impressed by this. Like I say, Imperial Triumphant. What an impressive record! Hmm. What an incredibly impressive thing to listen to. I can't get anywhere near it though, hmm. uh, but I'm. I've got pretty close to this, and it's it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I think it's really good. So there you go.
1: Well, if you want to find out um, whether uh, Five Finger Death Punch reaches number one spot in uh, these <laughs> albums of the year. Uh, have you, you can tune have into that in the, a couple of months' time. Have you seen the Five Finger Death Punch
0: video they put out? That,
1: yeah, I wonder if you, we should have uh, talked about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No?
0: No, no, <laughs> um, I mean, this is the difference. There are some, there are some bands, it's just, I think, you know, you, you, you aren't capable of having those kind of conversations. And Five Finger Death Punch are a band who... I don't think you're really capable of having making those kind of points there are points and there are nuances here on this record that we've just been talking about this clipping album that sometimes you go is he talking about that's kind of about gentrification and that's kind of about um uh like the wealth the the sort of pay gap and uh, i think there's stuff underneath the surface on this record that is delivered incredibly brutally um but then you look at and we, we spoke about idols and the sort of like what's really going on beneath this and there's none of that with five finger death punch video no. it's just like uh, it's freedom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're you know we're all communists now because of freedom it's, what uh rubbish anyway i'm sorry to fucking although mention they, five finger.
1: they are selling five finger death punch uh masks face masks though yeah so any opportunity uh, to make some money what,
0: what What are you on about of course um and i quite like five finger death punch but i mean in comparison to this dearie me um visions of bodies being burnt by clipping is out now and you really 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 need to listen to it i think um let's go on to our next album i think renfrey thinks that as well don't you
1: yeah yeah definitely Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: good. Um, Let's go to our next album. It comes from Paul Bearer. Uh, The album's called Forgotten Days. It's the fourth studio album from the Arkansas Doom Metal Band. The follow-up to their critically, and I guess, commercial breakthrough, uh, critical and commercial breakthrough. Um, I think most most people probably, um, well, I felt like Paul Bearer's profile considerably, rose when they released heartless in 2017 i think that's
1: fair to say isn't it yeah 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 um it appeared on my my top 20 albums of 2017 list on the independent so yeah
0: right okay i don't think it did get on in my top 20 albums of that year but i do really really like that record i think there's a really special aura around it and i also saw them at bloodstock in 2018 i want to say um and they were they were excellent. They were really, really excellent. They also do a great cover of Run Like Hell by Pink Floyd, which we've yep. spoken about before, which I think I is fucking times. awesome. Yep. Yeah, so I was very much looking forward to this record, um, particularly when I was sort of reading up on the the sort of thematic through line of the record. Um, again, I mean, I feel like we've spoken about record you know, having just come off of Skeleton Tree, being like, oh, another album about loss and people dying and close family members being taken away from you um it's not necessarily something i was like oh hooray but at the same time i always think that makes a really really interesting art i mean the first yeah. song um forgotten days which obviously is the uh is the title track as well um deals with the um uh, uh brett campbell the lead vocalist his grandmother's alzheimer's i believe and the sort of her her sort of descent into dementia which is you know really really sad and there's stuff about band members family members passing away throughout this record so it is a kind of uh a melancholic lament to to loss i guess this record broadly
1: yeah you could compare it to emperor of sand in that way Mm. i think which was a a similar kind had similar themes running throughout it there was a lot of loss Mm. detailed in that um that first song that you mentioned um, pretty difficult to talk about that song without mentioning Black Sabbath, I think. the
0: uh, Pretty difficult to talk about this without mentioning Black Sabbath. This mm. whole record without mm. mentioning Black Sabbath. Um, I guess we should sort of say it now about that. You know, I feel like we, we every time we do a Doom band, we have to sort of preface it by going, me and sounds you like don't listen to much Doom. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Black Sabbath and me and you don't listen to much Doom.
1: Yes, but, but Paul Bearer... I think Paul Bearer are um, a band who stray outside the boundaries of doom. Uh, in that there's a real melodicism to what they do. I mean, they don't they don't have any screened vocals, do they? Paul Bearer, I don't think. Um, no. And so, as a result, there's a real. What I was kind of amazed at with Heartless is how it kept me engrossed for its entire running length. And it's only, I think Heartless is like seven songs, but they're like really long songs. You know, it's a long record. Uh, This album's Mm. 52 minutes and 56 seconds. Um, It doesn't quite keep my attention the whole way through, but it's not bad considering it's a Doom record, which doesn't tend to be my kind of thing really. And I think it is that melodicism that they bring to it. And Brett Campbell does have that very kind of Ozzy Osbourne style uh, vocal, I think as well, which is, it's just difficult to not talk about it really. Not that it's a bad thing at all. I mean it's Black Sabbath so we're evoking for fuck's sake. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um but yeah. No, no.
0: Um I think I think you've nailed it there, mate. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Cause what sets Paul Bearer apart from um those doom bands that we talk about that we're rather ho hum about, I think is the kind of the progressive psychedelic nature mm. of the 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 longest particularly you know on the the last record the the more sort of progressively minded psychedelic parts that they were bringing in which i thought were really interesting and 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 gave them a brightness that a lot of doom bands don't have it also gave them a um a dynamic range that a lot of doom bands don't tend to have either exactly yeah uh and yes sounding like black sabbath is a lot of people have tried to sound like Black Sabbath. The problem is, is Black Sabbath are better than every single one of those bands. And I don't think that's a controversial thing to say in, in any way whatsoever. Black Sabbath are one of the best bands of all time. Um, so if you're just going to kind of go, oh, we'll lean on that kind of Black Sabbath sound. Well, what you, you better be giving me something else because I've got fucking... Black yeah. Sabbath,
1: mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah,
0: what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's usually, I think that's why we're usually a bit like, hey oh, you know, about a lot of doom bands. And yeah. um, I think for me, this record leans a little bit too much towards the, the Sabbathisms. And we don't get as much of the stuff that I found really interesting on the last record. And bearing in mind the sort of, the thematic bent of this record. I think that's an odd thing. And I can't quite put my finger on why this record hasn't grabbed me in the same way as the last record did. I've I've, I've found it really difficult to actually properly ascertain why it is that I don't think this record is as good as the last
1: record. In a way, I'm glad you said that because I do actually agree with you in a way. I'm, I'm, annoyed that you said that because i was hoping that you'd be able to articulate it because i can't even (laughs) i can't put my finger on why this record doesn't grab me in the same way that heartless does and uh foundations of burden i think was the previous one as well which is another brilliant record um but there's just something about it which doesn't quite Add up. It's interesting. I've seen some reviews say it's the best Paul Bearer album to date, and I strongly disagree with that. I think I think it's yeah, um, me too. It kind of it feels too. It just doesn't feel like it's much of a progression, and I don't know what they're supposed to do or where they're supposed to go. But yeah, quite quite similarly. Like I was excited by Paul Bearer three years ago, five years ago. I'm still excited by them and I'm excited to see some of these songs live. I think River, Riverbed for example is a gorgeous song. Mm. The second song on the album has a faintly kind of ghost-esque vibe to it. Um It's
0: got a little melodic break in the middle of it which is fucking cute. superb.
1: Probably yeah. my highlight of the record. Uh, that song. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful song. Very good. Um and there's there's really good stuff on here. It's it but it's one of those frustration frustrating listens where you're listening to it going there's loads of good stuff on this album but why am i not mm. um forgive the shitty word but vibing with it why am i not getting into it in the way that i should be on paper all of the ingredients are there and and yet it's not really moving me and i think it's i mean it's particularly interesting that you bring up when um <clears throat> when we got this promo through i read up uh the uh note the the, the notes of the album the press notes and yeah, hearing that some of the songs were about um Alzheimers and and uh and vascular dementia and things like that. I mean, my my mum passed away from dementia and reading up on that, I thought, "Oh god, okay, I'm going to have to brace myself for this album. It might be a bit of a tricky one in the way that I'm would have to brace myself to listen to Stage 4 or something like that." And I did a lot of bracing, and it didn't seem to be necessary at all because I personally didn't get that um that emotional weight delivered to me at all if I'm totally honest and and I think that's quite troubling if someone who has been through the same experiences a year and a half ago can't quite relate to it, surely there's an issue there, or maybe it's maybe it's me I don't know but I didn't well
0: I'm not sure it is because right. I didn't either you know I didn't it wasn't until I actually did the reading up on the record that I even was aware of that right. and it does feel like I mean if all the bits are there like it feels like you know all they, they've got all the best ingredients the opening riff on the on the first track for on the title track is great mm, it's great um the massive freak out at the end the big kind of freak out towards the end is great um stasis is really yeah. really good and you know it got that squalling riff and i heard loads of kind of sound garden in that mm. almost you know there's kim, kim Taeo and it's um uh jerry cantrell and i was like and i love that you know that's more of kind of you know that that doomier end of grunge as opposed to just Black Sabbath, you know, and I thought, well, great. And then they follow it up with silver wings, which is 12 minutes. And again, I was like, is this really grabbing me? And then you get the last couple of minutes where the strings come in and like the sun breaks through the clouds. I don't yeah. know we've said quite a lot, but it's really, really beautiful. And the kind of, there are parts where they get like ruination, um, which is a great song. It's got this aching heavy metal bombast that Paul Bearer can do so well and i like the record and i like so many elements of the record there are so many individual elements that i like but it's like it's like making a casserole and you go i've got the best beef and i've got fresh vegetables and i've got the best stock and i've do you know what I mean? and having all the best stuff and you put it in a pot together and you don't quite stir it enough and i can't quite put my finger on exactly what is missing because on the surface, all of the things that you would need for a good Paul Bearer album are here, or a great Paul Bearer album are here, because mm. it's still a good mm. album. It, this is still a, good a good album. album.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, It's still a good album, but I just think dynamically, it's maybe not. It's not as interesting, and there are. I mean, we've just been talking about the hooks that were necessary for the clipping record. I think without the the same level of dynamics that they had on the previous record, where I felt like they But, you know, it's. I'm glad that Paul Bearer as a doom band borrow on kind of 70s hard rock, grunge, psychedelica, all that shit's great. I don't think they do it enough. And I think a lot of this just does boil down to like, oh, you know, you're a really melodic doom band with some really great bits when you do lean on that. But they really previously have lent on it a lot. Mm. And I'm not sure they do as much now. And I think that that mix is just the pot hasn't been stirred enough to make, you know, it could have done with a little bit more that, that would be my, my sort of interpretation of it. I think.
1: Yeah. I, I feel really similarly and it's, it's frustra- It's really frustrating because Paul Bearer are not a band that either you or me want to give um, any bad uh, critical appraisal to at all. I mean, I, I think we're both very steadfastly behind them. And Mm. to give a little peek behind the curtain, I mean, this is the album that I have listened to the most of of this this week's um, albums. Not because I feel like it needed the most, the clipping needs the most (laughs) attention, but I kept listening to it because I was waiting for it to unveil itself to me and I kept thinking I must be missing something I must be missing something and there was this desire and want to love it so much more than I do I like it and I'm certainly going to be happy to hear songs like Riverbed and Stasis and the title track live but I just don't love it and I really wanted to love it and I'm not sure why and yeah that whole analogy of the ingredients being there but the pot not being stirred quite enough I think is a pretty good one it's just not quite doesn't all quite flow together Congeal. I wonder yeah, yeah I I wonder if Silver Wings is is the problem actually because I was just looking at the track listing and I was like well Forgotten Days is great Riverbed's great Stasis yes but Silver Wings you get that 12 minute 18 second song smack bang in the middle of the record and I know I mean I feel like a bit of a a, a dick saying this to be honest because i've i've moaned in the past about bands keeping the epic long song and having it at the end in a more you know that would be the more traditional way to do it but i wonder if maybe that sequencing might have worked in this record's favour i don't know really i mean caledonia is a quite a nice ending but i i mm. every time i listen to this album i find my mind wandering around the point of kind of vengeance and ruination, which is track six on the eight track record. And, you know, by that point, you've still got kind of 20 minutes of the album to go. Um, and vengeance and ruination, rite of passage in Caledonia. I don't think either of those songs are quote unquote bad songs. I'm just kind of, kind of done by that point, uh, which is not how I felt with previous Paul Bear records. Although it is often how I feel about Doom Records as a whole, <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I mean, I, I, oh, I think it would be even harder, personally, if you stuck Silver Wings at the end because maybe. I mean, that I don't think that needs to be twelve minutes long. That song, no for a start. Neither, neither I don't neither. think it needs, and that when I saw it, like in the middle, of the twelve, I was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. This is obviously yeah. the centerpiece of the record. Blah 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 blah. The last couple of minutes of it, I think, are incredible. Yeah. But I was like you you are better. I just I hate to say this, right? But Paul Bearer are better than this. I agree. They're just better they they they're more they then they're not showing how imaginative and how dexterous and how good a band they are on this record. Mm. I think they are working within themselves. And it doesn't mean that this is a bad record. I think this is a good record but they have made really good records in the past yeah and this is i I think this is them working like i don't know what the reason for it is Mm -hmm. i don't know if they thought maybe we'll do something a little bit more straightforward and then that'll bring more people in i don't know Mm -hmm. that that could be the reason you know i think if you're a if you're a fan of doom if you if you love that type of music you will love this. I think they, oh, there are yeah. people who are hard, hardcore fans of this type of thing <laughs> will absolutely love this record because it does the thing that those people love to, I'd say, a very, very high standard. Oh. I just think Paul Bearer are, they're a bit more than that to me.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. I
0: agree. Mm. Um, so it's not the glowing review that we would want to give a Paul Bearer album, um, but that's but we're not slagging it off. And we're not no. saying it's shit. No. We're just saying that um I think there's more in the tank than they're showing on, on this record. And I think yeah. they've proven that before. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um Paul Bearer, Forgotten Days is out now. Uh let's move on to our next record. It comes from Ortecra. Uh it's called Sign. It came out last week by the way. It's the 14th studio album from the Rochdale-based Experimental Electronic Duo, the follow-up to the NTS Sessions from 2018. Um, I really wanted to do this, Renfri, because I've been a big fan of a certain period of Ultecra's work for around 15 years now. Draft 7.30, Got some weird fucking names from 2003 is a brilliant album, is a really great, utterly disorientating, yet weirdly beautiful record. Um, saying that they are a tricksy bunch, (laughs) (laughs) and there's only so much of that type of thing that I feel like I can actually handle. Um, particularly this kind of ambient battering that they like to give people. So I have to admit that I've not really gone in on any of their latter day output until i knew this record was coming out um and from the reviews i read it seems like or have released something here which is far more commercially acceptable than they have been doing um not that i think this is a particularly easy straightforward record full of pop songs um but it did actually make me want to go, Oh, I should probably go and try and listen to their more mental stuff, which I really like. And I don't think anyone quite does it in the way that they do. Um, but that's me or Tekra. Uh, what, what's your relationship if you have one with them?
1: I don't really have one. Um, this is the first I I'm, I'm aware of them. My brother really likes them. I believe hello Nick, if you're listening, um, uh but i've never really solidly gone in on an ortecra album i was aware of their uh i was aware that they've been around for a while i didn't realize they'd been around since 1987 that's mad and when i found out this is their 14th record i was like whoa that's that's crazy and there's been seven years since the last one you know they've been going a really long time um 33 years that's mad you know i thought they were a far newer hmm. like basically turn of the millennium kind of proposition than that um and, and and i'd noticed that this album's received pretty good reviews a score of 81 on Metacritic. critic uh, it's only based on seven reviews but they're all very positive mm-hmm. uh and the reviews that are positive seem to be comparing this to ortekra's previous works in a very um positive light uh they seem to be referring to this as a almost ambient uh, or Tekra. uh or a far more kind of yeah as as you said n- not commercial but easier to um digest. understand and digest which um i can't imagine what their other stuff might be because um i mean we we, 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 we were talking we were talking about bands holding out a hand for you and like br- bringing you in bringing you in on the journey i really as the first two listens of this record i did not it's 65 minutes and 27 seconds 11 tracks i didn't feel like a hand was reached out to me once on those first two listens um like not once and i felt so kind of alienated from it and so i just i wasn't responding to it well um as i've listen to it a bit more i've opened up to it a little bit but i'm still not entirely convinced um having said that i do have a massive amount of respect for it but sort of from afar um what i what i respect about this is it's an electronic album that doesn't feel mechanic or robot like in any way it feels very um human you know which is a very difficult thing to do with electronic albums. I think we're hearing it more and more uh, as time goes on, but it, it feels like a very, very human record in a lot of ways. Hmm. And whilst I find that a really impressive achievement, the album itself taken as an album and the songs themselves left me feeling a little bit cold Um I could imagine that this would make for a very scary adaptive soundtrack to a video game. Do you know what I mean by an adaptive soundtrack? Yeah. So for those who don't know, it's sometimes called a dynamic uh, soundtrack or interactive music. It's a soundtrack that adapts whilst you're playing. So an action of the player might trigger, quote unquote, the next sequence of music. I did a feature on it when I was at The Independent because 65 Days of Static spent two Hmm. years writing an adaptive soundtrack to no man's sky and whilst listening to sign i thought i thought that it would make for a particularly interesting adaptive soundtrack to certain bits of like i'm going into video game territory here but there's a game called portal um you know that i was gonna say portal yeah oh brilliant okay oh brilliant you're on the portal bandwagon i fucking love Portal. um and portal uses an adaptive soundtrack in an incredible way i mean you're basic premise of portal is you're solving puzzles and as you get closer to solving the puzzle different bits of the soundtrack come into it as a kind of audio indication that yes you are going along the right lines keep going and it's so subconscious i mean i've played hours and hours of portal and i didn't even notice it until maybe my 30th hour of playing the game but it's so subtle and so brilliant but this felt to me when sometimes i bring in a post-rock album which is actually a soundtrack to something and um not always but but often you'll be like well i'm sure this is cool when married to the um thing that it's meant when when working alongside the medium that it's meant to work alongside but on its own i can't really get into it sign made me feel like that and i was kind of like looking for what is the what is this what is this uh uh, what is this meant to be soundtracking what is it meant to be a part of and just sort of discovering that it was just like their 14th record Uh, i suppose for me i was a bit like i don't know i don't know would you sit down and listen to this record from beginning to end
0: well it's quite long
1: It's really long.
0: Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's no getting away from it. It's long. It's not as long as draft 7.30, which is the one that I usually go to, which is actually three minutes longer. Um, Well, but that also, they've released hmm. like
1: triple albums and stuff like that. Haven't they? They've released some long records and yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, I, 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 it's, it's, it's an, awfully long journey to go on and maybe it's doing it a disservice by looking at it as an album but then that's what we have to do isn't it because we're reviewing the album Hmm. um and i just don't i didn't ever really feel like i was going anywhere i just felt like i was being like swirled I
0: mean. around in a washing machine yeah. man, if you think this is if you think this is like an oppressive like listen then you you should try and listen to some of the other things that i'll maybe give you some because i uh, i mean say I, 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 well no? i'm just gonna i'm just
1: gonna i'm just gonna counter you just just because oppressive isn't quite the right word because it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't oppressed in the same way that visions of bodies being burned at its most oppressive was oppressing me it just wasn't mm. doing anything to me it was bouncing off me. right it felt cluttered, yes. and I didn't. Fe- it felt cluttered, and I didn't feel like I was ever being given a pathway through at any point. But I wasn't like, mm. oh my god, this is abrasive, and I can't handle it. It just bounced off me.
0: No, I think to me, Ortegra and what I re- when I got into them, and I really liked them. What I liked about them was just was how kind of stabby they were, and how you just go, well, how is this even a song? Do you know what I mean? Like, this is just like, how is this even a fucking song? And then they have this big, long ambient part, which, and I was like, oh, that's, and, and it really, and and it worked. And, you know, there are parts of of their back catalogue that I've heard. And like I say, I am no expert on their entire back catalogue. I had a few years where I was like, well, oh, I really like this. I really, really like this, because it's, you know, it was unlike anything else that I ever listened to, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Even, you know, you go back to like Selected Ambient Works by Aphex Twin, which I think is, you know, really, really fantastic um uh sort of compilation of his earlier work. It's great, you know. And some of that gets quite nasty at mm. some points. Um and, you know, and I really, it, it was Aphex Twin that made me kind of want to listen to this type of thing in the first place. Um, and, but I have to, but, but when I heard Orteca, I was like, well, they've taken it to quite a insane level of like, what the actual fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't really, I mean, saying that there's a big shitload of noise that opens the album for, you know, nearly nine minutes, just a sort of. Yeah. It's called M4 Lima, which is like a sort of Blade Runner soundtrack being stuck in a ZX Spectrum console and trying to load (laughs) up. Um, Yeah, pretty much. And then you've got songs like... But then you've got songs like Esk Desk and um, SI00, which are actually Mm -hmm. sort of lovely and ambient and melodic. And you get the kind of... Just interject
1: there, SI00 was the first track where I felt like there was... An attempt to give me something to vaguely grasp mm, on. Yes,
0: I, I agree, yeah. And you and, get and like a AU... third
1: that's the third track and it's about 15 minutes in.
0: Probably a bit longer than that. Actually, Probably a bit yeah. longer maybe, than that. No, yeah, but yeah. Um and you get like a, a really scattergun song like AU14. But I was like, this is pretty easy to wrap your head around, really. Um right. so like you say, when you talk about it being oppressive, like, yes, you're right. I actually think it was fairly easy to listen to. Um there's a song called s-c-h dot m-e-f-d-2 which is quite disorientating and gets more abrasive as it continues but it never goes to the most extremely noisy places that ortekra ever go to um
1: even it's f- very fucking, it's even the fucking song titles aren't giving you a well i would are, say like, like are,
0: are, are these even songs you know this is well, the thing that i yeah. always sort of thought about or tech is like are these even songs like what exactly are these things and they're quite difficult for us to review or to tell you what to listen to because it's it's sort of electro ambient movements really and we've mm. talked about a fair bit of stuff like that before um i really love that uh there's there's a, a song like guess closest thing as you got to a song called P S I N A M, which is it's quite moving actually the way it builds up, and that feels really filmic and score like like you were mentioning before. Um, I mean, it's not. I part of me is like, oh, maybe it's quite a good place to start with Ortegra. <laughs> because if you could, you know if, if you like this if you like this then maybe you'll be able to go. But actually, I think maybe it's probably not a very good place to start with Ultegra mm. because, like you say, it doesn't really do. It's not really ambient enough to just be ambient, but it's yeah. not as a, it's not as a it, but it's not as mental as they can be. There's very few moments where they get to the sort of mentalness that I really like. I don't think this is bad um but then i like them you know um yeah. but i do feel like i was like come on this is like load or something do you know what i mean it's like yeah. if you if you really liked Kill 'em all this is load for all you know, <laughs> I- <laughs> you know? do you know what okay. i mean
1: well, that's um, interesting, and and that makes me curious to hear their older stuff. And it, it certainly makes a lot more sense with the reviews that I were I was reading because the reviews were kind of stating that this was a, a really bold move for Ortecra, which obviously I didn't have that um, uh, I didn't I didn't have that knowledge. Um, I think they feel, I think they feel more like experiments to me than they are completed songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's avant-garde as hell. This record, you know. Um they don't give you an awful lot to hook you in there's no discernible repeating parts and sign constantly wrong foots you it constantly wrong fits you and there are many things that i admire in that approach and there's a lot of records that i would say those things of and, and say oh they're some of my favorite albums of all time but But after sixty five minutes, I really lost my patience with this record. I really like it was just like you're not you're just not giving me anything here. And it is that halfway house, yeah. It is that Mm. halfway house of like, well, you're not you know, if I want something ambient, I'll go to Oliver Arnold's or Stars of the Lid. But then I don't think it's trying to be a strictly ambient record. But then because it's not as hard hitting, it's not really scratching that itch either, you know. I think Mm. The probably the album that we reviewed that it's closest to. And it took me a few listens to actually get this comparison, but it's probably um, Ghosts 5 and 6 by Nine Inch Nails earlier this year. Yeah, which yeah I think that's fair. F- which for my money, I mean, if you remember from that review, I was very enthusiastic about those records, which are a far more kind of electronic, instrumental. I mean, I'm, I'm loath to say ambient. Again, it's it's Ghost Five and Six. I wouldn't say are ambient records, but they're ambient for Nine Inch Nails. Hence, why I think the comparison's you know even better. Um, but Ghost Five in particular really moved me and 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 really brought me in. And I I just I just found it a really moving and wonderful experience. Whereas this just did it just left me cold. It just left me cold.
0: Yeah, I, it's it's not.
1: I mean, I don't, you know, I don't
0: mind it, but um, I probably won't go back to it. Um, it has made me go, well, if they were doing, mind you, I've got stuff of theirs that I already listened to. And it's like, how much of this stuff do I need? I mean, I think the thing that I always liked about Ortega is it like that human thing that you were talking about. I felt like what was good about them is at their best, they felt like they were a couple of people, human people making electronic music but the electronic music was attacking their electronic music. And that, right. that's probably the best sell I can make for Ortecra, okay. is it sounds like machines attacking somebody's album. Um, well, that, and sounds it's really like, that, that sounds really yeah, interesting. It, that sounds it's it's really interesting. And
1: that's not what this record is. That's no, 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 no. And, is, yeah. and,
0: and it, it's not. And there's little elements where you go, ah, oh, yeah, there's that kind of weird shit that you put in, but it's much more of an ambient feel overall. And yes, it does sort of fit sort of slipping between the gaps a little bit. So I wouldn't necessarily like weirdly, although this is probably I mean it's certainly the most commercial thing of theirs that I've ever listened to. Um it's probably the worst place to start because really you mm-hmm. want to chuck yourself in fucking proper go right in on, you know, um something like Confeld or Confield or um you know I I keep saying draft 7.30 because it's the that was the first one I bought and I remember hearing it and just being like Fucking hell, this is mm. mental. Mm. Um, so yeah, if that sounds like a thing, go and have a listen. But I would say, Sign, uh, you know, uh, I think it is a bit different, so fair play to that. But yeah, it's not anything that I'm particularly excited about. There you go, Sign by Ortecra uh, is out now. Um, here we go, it's our last, uh, our last review of the week. It comes from Fever 333, uh, it is an EP a brand new ep um it's called wrong generation eight tracks 19 minutes um a surprise new ep from the what are we calling them the rap rap rock supergroup trio and a sort of follow-up to made in america which is a debut album that came out last year um, um
1: no it's a follow-up to um not made in america that's the ep what was the the album album called strength in numbers or strength in numbers strength in (laughs) numbers that's it
0: right okay uh so yeah the follow-up to strength in numbers an album which i didn't really like
1: an interesting Uh, album though because it was uh one of the albums that we had a fruity discussion about and i Mm. uh whilst i accept it's flawed i actually do quite like the album overall and i do like this band a lot more than you do overall yes
0: well how much i like this band i have to say is uh becoming increasingly it gets <laughs> dearie me um my criticisms of fever 333 are probably silly on one hand which is that, you know, I believe that the members of this band, the three people in this band, are incredibly talented, excellent people who have previously made some stunning music. And I don't think Fever 333 live up to any of that stunning music that the members' former bands did. Um, But that's just my own personal beef which i probably need to get over and just accept that the chariot and let live aren't coming back and <laughs> get on with life so there's that i and, and i acknowledge that
1: and it and it would arguably Gone. be worse if the chariot and let live did come back than what we have with fever 3 why'd you say that just based on most reunions being crap
0: Oh, right, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but if they hadn't split up in the first place... (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you know, um, but my main... so, But that's, like I say, that's just my whatever. Um, My criticisms of Fever 333, having seen them live and thinking, you know, there's so much energy and there's definitely something there and Jason is still brilliant, incredibly engaging, incredibly... uh, exciting live band they remain or they you know i always think musically on record it's too polished it's too simplistic uh i don't think the songs are up to much i think it's a little bit sloganeering with i'm not really sure how deep this the message that they're trying to put out goes um and that's, that's my kind of main problem with Fever 333, to be honest. Um, but then we get to this EP, uh, and hopefully this will be the one to change my mind. Renfrey, you as a fan, I'm going to let you start this <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about the new EP from Fever 333?
1: Um, well, just a little bit of context. The EP was penned after Frontman... Jason Allen Butler spent 13 days marching in protests in Los Angeles after the murder of George Floyd. Uh, Butler says, this project is art as activism first. I'm talking about what's happening and what needs to happen. I hope you understand there's going to be pain in progress. After dismantling and deconstructing all of these things, we can find a beautiful place to be together. For me, this whole EP is that 13 days after 34 years. You fucked with the wrong generation. So, immediately, this is going up against some pretty hard-hitting records that we've had in 2020. Um, you know, I mean, Run the Jewels and Clipping spring to mind. And we've had... Well,
0: I can say, like, an unfortunate week to be releasing <laughs> releasing this uh, when uh, the it, Clipping album's coming out. Yeah,
1: I, I definitely do agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. As much as I love... I, I do, you know, as a fan, I love the whole surprise release thing. It's a pain in the dick for us as journalists. But as as a fan, I think it's really, really cool. But yeah, like the same week as Clipping. Wow. Okay. Brave. Uh, <laughs> that is very, very brave. Um,
0: I, I mean, I <coughs> doubt there's much crossover in terms of their fan base, to be perfectly honest. So it probably well, won't make much difference.
1: Maybe not. But then it is quite interesting, isn't it? That That, that message-wise, they're saying the same thing. I would say. Um, I mean, it's interesting what you said there about the sloganeering stuff with Fever 333. I think live particularly, they don't do it quite as well on record because I don't think it translates as well on record, but live, I think they do get a message across incredibly well to the point where every time I go to see Fever 333 live, I feel really fired up afterwards. Like I do want to be a part of some movement, some... some form of activism to make things better and i think that's the thing that i've always held on to with fever 333 as a reason why i find them extraordinarily inspiring and i think there's far more to them than you know the criticisms of them just being a sort of rage against the machine ripoff. um the difficulty when you're reviewing new music is they haven't ever quite captured that feeling for me on record maybe bar uh the debut ep made in america which i really do think was quite a brilliant sort of first um first thing for us to hear i mean if i recall i think at that point you were you were quite you were you quite liked fever 333
0: Uh, yes i did i mean Mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing but but the reason that i like that is because i was like okay it's a new thing i understand that you are uh going to be making music which is a little bit more straightforward a little bit more rudimentary i think that's you know when you put it next to let live in the chariot there's no yeah. and and well, and, not, and night verses. there's absolutely no argument it's not an insult that's well, there's a no fact. shame
1: yeah there's no shame in that uh, yeah
0: okay no no of course so you're going to be making you know slightly more simplistic rudimentary music to appeal to more people i understand that that's that's fine you and this as a first go at doing that on that ep is all is is pretty fucking pretty good yeah right pretty good um
1: i just as a as as, as an aside i listen to that ep still regularly I, I think that ep is fucking great made in america i listen okay, to yeah it, I, I listen to it more than i listen to the record but i'll say that much
0: yeah mm, yeah and so when <laughs> the record came along i was like okay what else have you got and yeah. you know where where have you where, where's the growth where's the you know what i mean like what because I, I i i trusted those people particularly haven't seen them at, i saw them at download and they were yeah. really fucking good yeah. you know really really fucking good um exciting you know, people can go, oh, it's just a bloke jumping around to backing tracks. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're not the only people doing that.
1: At least they're not trying to hide it either
0: yeah and and i think you know like they're, they're not the only people doing that and if you're going to do that then you best jump around a lot and they do
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know get on balconies get on pa yeah. systems do front yeah. flips do all that shit like if that's what your thing's gonna be then you, you might as you know you, you you might you better you better be fucking really really like we're crazy and they are um
1: and i can attest but, that it does it does translate to bigger rooms as well i mean i saw them at the 2000 capacity forum it wasn't filled with 2,000 people but it absolutely it sold out supposedly uh, but even <laughs> but it felt um it really yeah it really did translate very well I mean that that was an incredible show that I went to last year mm. year before
0: yeah um so you know but the, the, the problem was like I say then the album comes along and not only do I feel like there's no musical progression in it at all I feel like in a lot of ways it actually sort of it, they gone backwards in in some ways because the the, the polishing the simplistic nature of it uh, had become even 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 more so. Do you know what I mean? But you know I, that album is uh, is much more from the sort of modern metal book of processed overdubbed pro tooled to fuck modern production which I don't think which can be good you know I like a lot of bands who use that type of thing I just think again I just go I think you're better than this I think you should be you should be better than this and if the songs don't add up there's no amount of fucking hiding behind production trickery uh that is going to save them really and that was my sort of main problem with the last record is that I actually thought not only does this sound more muted it also the songs aren't as good either as the ep the first ep
1: yeah so how do you feel about this
0: <laughs> deary me um i think the opening riff on the opening track sounds no better than of mice and men Ooh. um it is no better than any what any metalcore band that you would slag off constantly um, I think
1: I think he'd like it if Skindred did it.
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe Ben maybe Benji could save the riff. I think Mike Mike Mikey from Skindred would be probably be terribly offended that you think that he would write a riff like that. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean maybe uh, uh, but I do think it's you know there's all the other elements around Skindred that mean that they can write sort of bouncy simplistic riffs. Uh, And I don't think they're... I don't think they're here on on that song. I think it just sounds like A.N., other metalcore band. And, you know, the production, again, is like... sickeningly sort of polished and... and really lacks... I don't know, like for a band who... Like, I get it. Do you know what I mean? I understand why they've made these decisions, why these choices have been made, because this sort of thing is popular. It's the most popular type of thing. So I do understand it on some level. But on another level, I I think you are doing yourself a disservice by writing a song like Bite Back and producing it in such a manner that it just sounds like... I mean, I'm not, like, did Radiance Machine ever sound tame? I know Radiance Machine sounded massive, but they never sounded sort of tame on the radio. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think they ever would have done. And this, to me, like, that first song, I was like, this is real just radio metalcore. And and Jason elevates it a bit because he's great and he's far better than any of the singers from any of those bands that I could care to mention. Far, (laughs) far, far better. But he's you know he's far better at 50% of what he's capable of and this is 50% of what he's capable of uh, on that um, on that song
1: Maybe, yeah um i don't mind bite back at all um i don't think it's the strongest i certainly don't think it's the strongest song on the record um but i think it's a perfectly fine start i think the first six tracks are quite are what we'd probably expect from fever 333 um, they don't progress yeah. things too much they kind of feel like they feel like things that we've heard before but um done pretty well i think songs like walk through the fire together i, I think is a fucking cracking song for the record sounds i like, think
0: that's probably the <clears throat> best song on the record
1: yeah possibly i think for the record i mean for the record sounds like blood command i certainly don't
0: yeah <clears throat> I, I, those two those two are pretty cool. Like that kind of for the record being a fast hardcore song, like an eighties hardcore song, they can do that pretty well. Um, even if it is Uber, like shiny produced, that's cool. Like those two songs, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I you, you get a pass for them.
1: Okay. Uh, I would also defend uh, you wanted to fight. Um, I've often defended fever fever F- three fever three, three three fever 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 three uh fever three through three from the rage against the machine comparisons but it's real really difficult to do that on uh, you wanted to fight because fuck me does it sound like rage against the machine mm-hmm. but if rage against the machine came back with a song that good I think we'd be fucking delighted personally so I will say that
0: um he here, here's, here's my problem and I'm gonna say so the opening song "Block on Fire," you fuck with the wrong generation and you wanted a fight. Um, I don't think they're very good songwriting. I think the the, the actual songwriting is not very good. Mm. I don't. I think they're just choruses. They're, just, they're literally like each one is just a chorus. And I know people will probably go like, "Well, you know, fucking Rage Against the Machine were a band who just relied on that kind of blunt sloganeering as well." But I think. The stuff in between, like Zach's raps in between, obviously, of an incredibly intelligent, articulate and high standard. You don't really get much in the way of a verse that gives you anything in any of those songs. Um, they just feel like big, cack-handed lyrics. I mean, the kind of you fuck with the wrong generation, I've got my Uzi, it's heavy thing on wrong generation. Um like really, cack handed, and I think it's it's again this far into the future that kind of bluntness with the sloganeering, it's very difficult to pull off. And we spoke about idols and how people were kind of like quite sneery about idols, hmm. about the way that they did it. And uh, and and our defence for it was, well, actually, he's saying something so obvious that it actually tells the story of you know like you mentioned war with idols and how the story of war was told just by the you know that that little kind of rhyming triplet that he did at the start of the song yeah there's none of that nuance there's nothing underneath you you fuck with the wrong generation that's it that's it that's the slogan that's done and again like i i defended white riot i want to riot i defended kick out the jams motherfucker so i can't sit here and go that shit like it doesn't say anything it's you know Mm. that kind of bluntness is necessary Mm. in um in this type of music often i just think that that isn't a very good slogan Mm. and i don't think it really says anything i don't think it really inspires anything i don't think you know even like white riot i want to riot has more nuance in it than you know look at my the fucking my uzi's really heavy or whatever the shit he says mm. on that song mm. i just these are choruses they are not songs they are just big shouty dumb cack-handed choruses for people to jump up and down to for the revolution like it's just not good man but isn't it's just that, not good
1: isn't that a good way to deliver this message to masses of people
0: yeah, but that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to review whether or not it's a good way to, you know, to deliver that message to a lot of stupid people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm here to say, is this good music or not? And it's mm-hmm. not, is what is, would be my argument to that. I mean, yeah, again, I understand if, if, if the message that you're trying to put out is that impo- is, is far more important than whether or not your album is any good. Uh, then yeah, fair enough. But I think, you know, there's got to be a, there's got to be a, you've got to come to some sort of mutual arrangement between your art being good and the message that, like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not impossible for people to make good, even, even today when we bemoan the lack of outspoken, you know, politically minded musical figureheads who actually sell a lot of records, it's not impossible to say something with your music and your music still be good. Um, I just don't think particularly, particularly on those first four songs. I just don't think this is very good mm. at all. Unfortunately. Okay.
1: okay. Um, I mean, I think the EP takes a bit of a turn. I mean, I would say for the worst. Um, I don't know if you all agree with that, but the last two tracks, the last time is just Jason and a piano kind of a minute and a half. Mm. Um, which I think is fine. I've got quite um, a lot to say about that actually, but go okay. on,
0: continue. No, go on. I've oh well, no, 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 YouTube. no. Let,
1: let, let's. Well, well, I don't have loads. <laughs> I don't have loads to say about these songs, I suppose, because they're they're the ones which I think I think the fundamental thing that you and I disagree on with Fever Three 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 is the more sort of quote unquote commercial aspects of it, and we you know we do have to like bear in mind that when we're talking about commercial aspects we're not talking about miley cyrus here you know as we were at the beginning of the show we're talking about not commercial, <laughs> <laughs> commercial for this type of music and i i do understand those criticisms but i think that your feeling is that fever 333 approaches from a very cynical kind of way and and my i don't have the cynicism there that you do with fever 333 i don't think um I suppose where my cynicism does come in a little bit, a song like Supremacy is a little bit too kind of modern, bring me the horizon for my tastes. It's kind of... I mean, that that's where the pop production overtakes it to a point. There's nothing... Something that Fever 333 were accused of quite a lot on that first record was um, having Linkin Park-esque choruses. And there's nothing that's quite Linkin Park-esque on this, thank God, because you know that really didn't do all that much for me on that record but there's something that's so processed and poppy about supremacy which just really grinds my gears and doesn't do it for me
0: um that's awful Yeah, yes terrible song mm, yeah dreadful um
1: what do you have to say about those two songs then well
0: so you've got the last time, which is a minute long. What was it a minute and four seconds, I believe? Off the top I don't want to say thought it was a, minute a minute and, and a, half. A, a minute and 13 seconds. Right. So you've got a minute and 13 seconds That's an interlude, basically. And it's just Jason's voice and a piano. Perfectly acceptable as an interlude. Right. Perfectly acceptable. I heard that and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's for the first time in fucking forever. I went, that's Jason from Let Live. Right. I can hear him. Yeah. He's not surrounded by a load of overproduction and noises and bluster and, you know, auto-tuned and guitars that sound like Chris packets being scrunkled up. And I was like, oh, it's a piano and it's Jason's voice. And Jason, the guy I remember being like in awe of in Let Live, oh, there he is for the first time ever on a Fever 333 release. I was like, there he is. And I thought to myself, you could have built something on that. You could have built something really grand, really epic. You could have got to the point where all of that stuff, all that I fucking hate anyway, but all of that stuff comes in. It's like, you've got something there. That doesn't have that instantaneous bluster that the rest of this EP has. That kind of, there you go. Chewing gum, you chew it up, you lose the flavour, you spit it out and it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what so much of this record is. Here's a chorus. I've heard him, he said it once, he's repeated the same thing over and over again. You fuck with the wrong generation, you fuck with the wrong generation, you fuck with the wrong generation. Oh, I'll say that now. And then it's gone. And then you like, as I'm I'm already, I've said it a few times, the Uzi thing. Like if it comes on, I'll go, oh yeah, the, uh, the Uzi thing. But in my head now, I can't fucking remember what it sounds like. I can't remember what any of this sounds like really. Because mm-hmm. it's not very good. And then you get something like the last time where you go, if that was a starting point for something like the song Good Morning America from that last Let Live album,
1: yeah,
0: which yeah. starts as nothing. It starts as like just children singing and then builds and builds and builds and becomes this incredible, brilliant, epic song. Why aren't they trying to make songs like that? Why does that cut off after one minute and 13 seconds? Why? Why don't you care about this? Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop short of going, why don't you care about this being good or not? because I'm sure they do care about whether or not this is good. But objectively speaking, <laughs> to use one of your words, this is a bad EP. Like there's two songs on it. There's two songs on it that I think are all right. And there's a, 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 an interlude, which could have been something really good. There's four there's four choruses on, and guitar riffs, which are, I, I barely even could even consider that i think it's a kind of insult to the idea of songwriting to even consider them songs and then there's this fucking terrible i mean i don't even care about supremacy because at this point you just think you know you're a fucking pop band albeit one with a very important message and i don't discredit the message but if people are slagging off fucking idols for being too broad Jesus. And it, it, there's something stylistically about the difference between the way people in Britain do this and the way that Americans do it. And I know, th- I, again, it's quite a difficult thing to put your finger on, but I just do not vibe with it. I think that last song is, is bad, but it's almost so bad. Supremacy is almost so bad that I'm fine with it because it's really that bad. Where you just go, oh, well, it, it's it's so staggeringly bad that I'm almost like, well... I guess that's where we're going next, right? See you later.
1: I, I I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that it's an objectively bad EP, but I do think that in a year where a lot of acerbic and, you know, quote-unquote important music has been written about these subjects, I do think it disappears into the mire somewhat because... Um, a lot of this stuff has been said in a way which is, which feels more vital than it's said on this record. Now that's not a reason not to say it, uh, especially if you feel it. And I, I absolutely, I mean, we've both interviewed not. Jason mm. multiple times. If we're talking about a guy who means it like that, Jason Allen Butler, right there, absolutely means this, and I definitely get that sense live. Um, and I, to, to be honest, I get that sense on when on their recorded material as well. It just doesn't translate as well. It just doesn't translate as well. Um, and I personally, as someone who I'll go as far as to say is a fan of the band, I found this a pleasant distraction, but not not much more than that. And I think in a way, in a way, that's damning it even more so than the stuff that you're saying because they want this to be a flag in the ground and they want it to be something that's really stirring and uh really evocative and 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 stirs people's passions but then at the same time they're between a rock and a hard place because where fever 333 really stand out for me is as a live act and at the moment They're not able to do live shows. So they are in a tricky predicament. Would we have got this EP if um, lockdown, you know, if this pandemic hadn't been a thing? Maybe not. Who knows? We don't really know. I mean, it was inspired by the George Floyd stuff, but that might not have been the plan Um, if if it weren't for lockdown. And it's not the... It's not... It's not the place where they can put their best foot forward so no abs- absolutely not i
0: i mean I, I do completely agree and there are plenty of bands hardcore bands who you've heard me rave about on the show before sick of it all would be one where i'd go you know as good as a lot of sick of it all albums are they're far 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 better yeah. live and those albums are basically you just go Okay, well, the, I'll just try and remember what these sound like. So when I go and see them live, I can enjoy it. So I get it. And I don't feel any kind of pleasure from slagging off people who used to be in Let Live, The Chariot, uh, out on, and I believe still are in Night Versus. Still, Is he yeah. still in Night Versus? Yeah. 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 Um, who are bands that I think are great. And I think maybe that's why, if this turned up and it was just some random collection of chumps, and I'd just sort of laugh at it probably but i think what annoys me about fever 333 is that i think the baby has gone with the bathwater mm-hmm. um i think they want to speak to a lot of people and i think they are determined to spread this message to a lot of people at any cost mm. and i think the cost of that is them being a good band particularly on record Mm. and uh, I mean, you know and this this has come out like you say the same week as the fucking clipping record mm. if you were to a b these,
1: i did actually i mean it's did you i because mean, well, i, I thought ca- that I thought that might come up, so I did a b them, and um visions of bodies being burned definitely hits harder, like there's no getting away from it, but i thought i will say I thought the wrong generation e p I think it held up alongside it, but it didn't, but it didn't. For the listeners, Steve's eyes widened so much there that they practically fell out of their sockets. I think it holds up. I don't think it's anywhere near the same quality, but I, do, I, don't, I don't think it sounded embarrassing next to it, personally. You, you may I mean, well disagree.
0: I, I, I haven't listened to them back to back. I thought that would be a bit cruel, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But, uh, I mean, I can't, so I don't know, but I can't imagine. Maybe I'll do it. I mean, no, God, no, I'm not listening to this again. Um, (laughs) But I just think when you think of, like, it's not even about how hard the clipping album hits. It's about the way that it does it. It's about the way that those elements are all melded together. It's about the, you know, the craft and the love and the, the you know, the intent. To make an a brilliant piece of music is so clear from the clipping album. Whereas I think the last time, one minute and thirteen seconds sums up everything that is wrong with this EP. I,
1: I will say this does feel very throwaway in comparison to the clipping album. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it, and it feels throwaway mm. compared to a lot of stuff which has said similar things. But mm. The counter to that is it may reach more people. It might not, actually. I mean, Clipping were going to play Islington Assembly Hall, weren't they? Um, mm. Fever 333 played a downstairs sold-out forum show. Um, so One and a half thousand
0: people, probably. So, you know, a yeah. thousand versus one and a half thousand. Yeah. I can imagine that, you know... I mean, Fever they're, 33 are gl- Grammy-nominated. Yeah, so, they're,
1: they're, know, they they're, probably I, are I bigger. In terms of profile they're on a similar trajectory it's difficult it's difficult to judge it really yeah. well um,
0: but I, what i will say is they're definitely not bigger than run the jewels no no no, they are far 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 smaller than run the jewels and if we're bringing run the jewels into the conversation yeah. which i think we than, should. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It should then it's uh it's a you know they've taken a they, they've taken i mean i was about to say clipping of beating them artistically and run the jewels, destroy them commercially and with the intent and in, 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 with the intelligence of, but actually, I mean, but I think both like, although we can argue about whether or not, or not argue, but we can pontificate as to whether clipping are bigger than Fever 33 or Fever 33 3 are bigger than clipping or whatever. Run the jewels come along and it's just like,
1: uh, <laughs> just yeah, no, contest, they're no.
0: In, in every single metric you choose to like, do it there's there's just no comparison yeah, um i can't argue with uh, and but but what sucks is that they, they these are people who should not be they shouldn't be uh, you know you put the fucking black is beautiful next to that clipping album or that run the jewels album and i tell you what it's mm-hmm. that then they're running the in the opposite direction mm-hmm. um yeah that's true. i don't know man i just like i i think somebody's forgotten mm-hmm what the point of music is with fever 333 here Some, somebody somewhere they're either getting told stuff or they I I don't know I don't know but there's something I don't, it's something fucking fishy about this and I'm I don't like it <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> who fucking knows anyway long generation both
1: very conspiracy theorist <clears throat> of you
0: maybe i mean i just yes well you know um uh anyway fever 333 uh wrong generation is out right now i hope i didn't fuck with the wrong generation when during that review um that's it we'll
1: that's be Sanders back next week here.
0: yeah um <laughs> we'll be back next week we're going to be talking about some brilliant bands next week mr bungle yes. mr bungle are back yeah. i spoke to mike Patton uh puscifer yeah. the two probably the two, two best vocalists ever Maynard yeah. and Mike Pattern. Um and Oli Sykes, Broom with their eyes and I got I very much doubt we'll get the Broom with their eyes EP. And even if we do, yeah. probably won't bother with it either. Um We're definitely Emma, doing Emma Ruth Rundle Thou, and Thou
1: Thou and Emma Ruth Rundle though. Oh yes, we're doing that. And uh, I think we'll yeah. do nothing as well.
0: And Carcass have got an EP out as well.
1: Carcass. There's a lot going on next week. Yeah, there's a lot going on next
0: There's a lot going on. Eels have an album out. Zelenardo have an album out. There's a lot of stuff happening. So we will try and get through as much of that as possible. And we'll probably talk to you about, because I don't know, a few people have asked where Broken Records is and where it's going when it's going to be coming back. We will talk to you about that at some point soon. Yes yeah so i was waiting for you to that wasn't the end of the show by the way guys because i have to say <laughs> thanks very much go to signaturebrew.co.uk put riot act in a checkout to get 10 percent off of your own pub buy a pub you can buy a pub in a box from signature brew and i suggest that you do that we we'll are probably um well i think renfrey will have run out of signature brew this time next week i would imagine I've got that's, my predi- that's my prediction for next I, week I'm making I've a prediction got
1: 12 cans left
0: I'm allowed to make predictions.
1: I'm going through them at a very steady pace. Nostradamus was allowed to make predictions. It didn't make him right.
0: Well, he was right quite a lot though, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was right. he, was, he was right. Do you remember when he said he was going to be the subject of a Judas Priest album? He was right about <laughs> that, wasn't he?
1: <laughs> oh yes, I do recall that, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, anyway, um, also go to patreon.com forward slash riotact podcast and, um, and you can listen to our skeleton tree. If you pay us a £5 a month, we'd like that. See you next week. Cheers.